welcome to the Empower Church podcast. My name is Matt Garner, and I'm the pastor at Empower Church here in Melbourne, Australia. We're so glad you've joined us today, and I am believing that today's message is not only going to inspire you and encourage you, but it's going to empower, equip, and challenge you to be everything that God has called you to be. Hey, if you want more information about what we're up to at Empower Church, just jump on our website, empowerchurch.co, and all the details are there. We really hope that you enjoy the message. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. So every day that you say this is the day, then we ought to rejoice and be glad in that day. Regardless of what is happening, regardless of your circumstances, the situation you face. And I'm just so thrilled that everything that was spoken today is in line of what we're going to be hearing the Lord share with us today. And that is incredible, incredible. I thank God for every day that He gives to us, whether it be a challenging day, whether it be a day of victory, whether it be a day of desperation, but regardless, God meets you where you're at. So today we're going to tackle a very, very, very easy subject to tackle. Where is God? Oh, he's gone. He's left me already. He's left me. He did say you're going to be on your own. Where, where is God when it is dark? Where is God when it is dark? I don't know about you, but I know that there are some days that seem really dark. So dark that we even come to the point where we say, God, where are you? There are days where we think God is nowhere near me. He can't hear me. He can't see me. He doesn't care about my situation, my circumstance. But I'm here to tell you through the Word, through experience, that God has never left us nor forsaken us. I'm sure we're all familiar with Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. And if anybody can come up and tell me what it is, that'll be great. Okay, thought so. God himself says this, Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are beyond your ways. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Now we know these verses and we know that God's ways are not like our ways. His thoughts are not like our thoughts. But when it comes to days that are so heavy and so dark, we forget this. We forget that God's ways are unlike ours. And then we are consumed with whatever we are being consumed by. The darkness of days, the, the, the storms of life. And David himself pen these words in Psalm 13. And this is where we're going to read the main text from. So so, Psalm, it was David who was running away from from Saul here. And and he pens these words. We're going to read verses 1 to 3. It says, O Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? 
How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Now I know if it wasn't David who wrote this, it'd be you and me. How often have we said, God, how long? God, where are you? God, do you not see my circumstance? God, do you not see my situation? Do you not care for me? Where are you? How many of us have really cried out these words? And I'm telling you, it is, there is no shame in crying out those words. God is not intimidated by our fears. He's not intimidated by our insecurities. He's not intimidated by our situations. He's not intimidated by the circumstances we face or the storms of life. He isn't intimidated. Therefore, I can cry out to God and say, God, where are you? Where are you, God? But He's not silent. And this is what we're going to tackle today. Because I want us to leave from here either being challenged, convicted, on our knees, confessing to God, you have never, you have never left me. And this is what we're going to have a look at today. You and I have been in these situations even in situations where I may not be that harsh with God, but I can say, God, do you not see? Have you not heard my situation? Why aren't you answering it the way I think you should answer it? Why are you waiting this long? Why didn't you come through when I really needed you? Why are you waiting? How many of us have waiting? And maybe you are here today waiting on God. And that is a good thing. The woman that had the flow of blood, how long was she waiting for? 12 years. She did not give up. In fact, she says in Matthew 9 that if I were just to touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be made well. 12 years. Some of us can't wait 12 minutes, let alone 12 days or 12 months. 12 years, she did not give up. She would have sought the counsel of any doctor, any specialist. She would have prayed. She would have gone. She would have come. She would have sought every avenue for her healing. Yet it didn't come for 12 years. She heard about Christ. She heard about His ministry. She heard that He can do. But she didn't sit back and say, you know what? 12 days, uh, 12 years and another day, that's okay. But she was determined that if it cost me 12 years, I'm going to push through to that one more day. And I'm going to go and follow Christ. I'm going to see where he was. And I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. And I know I will be made well. You know, culturally, she should not have been out of the house. She was unclean, according to customs. She wasn't unclean for five days. She was unclean for 12 years. But she was determined that I am going to seek the one who I know will help me. And that is Jesus Christ. Who are you seeking? What are you seeking? What are you following? Just because you think God is not hearing you, are you going somewhere else? Are you going to someone else? Who are you seeking? She knew, she knew, 12 years, I don't care. You may have an issue right now and you may say, Ehab, I've got an issue. It's been going on for years and you don't know how hard it is. No, I don't. But God does. If your issue has lasted you a day, two, a year, whatever it might be, push through another day. 
and say, God, I will not give up. I will not stop praying. I will not stop seeking you. I will not. Why? Because he is the one who has your answer. And he has it. He has it. Keep pursuing. Do not give up. Do not give up. These aren't cliches, but do not give up on him. Seek him. This is when the enemy will start attacking you when you sit there and say, well, it's been a week. It's been 12 years. Are you seriously going to get up again? Present yourself to all these people who are going to make fun of you again. Are you going to pray again? And you're going to hear nothing again from God? Stop, quit it. But this is when God tells us to push through. 12 years. All these examples that are present in the Word of God are for you and for me. The Bible tells us in Hebrews that these were people of faith, but they were just like us. Just like us. They were not superior to us. They needed saving. You have a look at every person that God used throughout, throughout history. Every one of them is fallen. Every one of them is a sinner. Every one of them needed God. But God is the one who came through. God is the one who came through. One page done. Praise God. Praise God. I love the fact that God, sorry, that, that, that David was able to say, God, have you forgotten me forever? How many of us have said these words? How many of us? One of my favourite passages, one of my favourite passages, and I pray it is to, uh, for you also. Isaiah 49 verses 14 to 16. I wish I had it up here, but we don't. So Jerusalem here is complaining to God. Not one person, not two. The whole of Israel, the whole of Jerusalem is complaining to God and said, yet Jerusalem says, the Lord has deserted us. The Lord has forgotten us. God replies, one word, then he goes on. But he says, never, never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can she feel no love for the, for the child she born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. See, I have written your name on the palm of my hand. God has written your name on the palm of his hand. He cannot, he cannot forget you. You have a look at this picture. What an incredibly beautiful picture that is given to us here. And is saying, can a nursing mum forget her child? I mean, nothing is closer. They always tell you, do you cannot get in between a mother and her child. So God knows that and he says, look at that. And if you think if that were possible, and if you think that you can come up to me and say, it's happened here. God says, I will never forget you. He will never forget you. Don't ever think that he could he can't. He will not. He refuses to. He has written your name on the palm of his hand. Think about these promises. Think about these promises. So next time you say, God, where are you? Think about the promises of God. In Psalm 103, again, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all that he has done for you. 
meaning that we need to remind ourselves through His Word, His promises, declare His promises day after day after day after day. And not just when you get that breakthrough, but continue to praise His name. Continue to praise His name forevermore. David had a long a long history of being blessed by God. He always knew the favour of God. But yet he was able to come and pen these words and say, where are you? How quickly do you and I forget all that God has done for us? We can live in blessing. Work can be good. Our health can be good. Our children can be good. Everything for a while, for a season can seem good. But then when something happens, when destruction hits, when a problem arises, when a sickness comes, where are we reverting to? What are we going back to? God, where are you? We often think that God has turned his back toward, uh, from us whenever we're going through hardships. And this is why we always go back to God, where are you? We think that we need to believe in blessing every single day. And I'm telling you, through your difficult situations, through your hardships, you are still blessed. For you belong to Him. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. These words were written in Deuteronomy. And these words came from uh, uh, Moses who was handing over the reins to Joshua, who was going to take over the leadership. And out of all things that Moses could have said, out of all things, what was his counsel to Joshua? Joshua, we need to sit. It's the people you're leading. Man, you have got issues. But this is what he says. Moses called for Joshua and all of Israel. This is Deuteronomy 31, 7 and 8. And all of Israel were watching. They were listening to what Moses was about to say to Joshua. Words of wisdom here. And he says, be strong and courageous. Moses speaking to Joshua. For you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors he would give them. You are the one who will divide it among them as their grants of land. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor will he abandon you. Out of all the words that Moses could have uttered to Joshua, out of all the counsel, of all the wisdom, out of all the things that he learned, this is what he passed on to him. Be strong, be courageous, fear nothing. The Lord is with you. He will never fail you. He will never abandon you. You have a look at your history. How many days have you woken up and said, I'm not sure I'm going to make it through today? Look where you're sitting. You made it. You made it. Why? Not because you made it, but because God is faithful. He who began a good work in you is able to bring it to completion. Do not ever forget these promises that God has given to his children. Praise be to God. God will never fail us. In verses 3 and 4 of that psalm, again, he goes on to say, Turn and answer me, O Lord, 
my God. Restore the sparkle. This is NLT version. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let the enemies gloat saying we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. This is desperation here. He is at his wit's end. He is escaping, is escaping for his life. And we may be there at times where we think, I don't know, I can't get through another day. I can't get through another day. But you are here today. What do we do in these circumstances, in these situations? The Bible tells us to pray and to be anxious for nothing. Philippians 4 tells us this. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, but in everything, the good, the hard, the difficult, the ugly, in everything, by prayer and petition, keep going, say it over, tell him over and over again, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In everything, and he says what? Be anxious for nothing. But he doesn't just stop there. He doesn't just say, just come to me and just pray. But here's another promise. He says, when you pray, when you let your requests be made known to me, I will replace your anxiety with my peace. The peace that will surpass all understanding. The the peace that I can stay in bed, sleep well, because I know that God has got my back. That God has got every situation in His control, under His control. That's what Isaac said this morning. Everything is under His feet. Everything. Do not forget these promises. By prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, Let your requests be made known to God. Praise God. Praise God. And his peace will guard your hearts and in minds in Christ Jesus. Psalm 34 verses 17 to 19 says this, The Lord hears his people. This is great. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. I'll say it again. The Lord hears his people when he call, when they call for help. He hears them. He rescues them from all, all their troubles, not some. Don't ever think that he's going to pick and choose which ones he's going to save you from. But he says, I save you from all your troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. I've been there. The righteous person faces many trials. Don't ever think, God, I'm I'm, I'm serving you. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm attending. I'm going. I'm giving. And you think no troubles will before you. Wow. Have you seen the life of Christ? Have you heard the life of Christ? Day after day, he faced troubles. He faced temptations. He faced trials of all kinds. This is why we have a great high priest who was able to sympathise with us so that when we go through all kinds of trials and temptations and situations, he sympathises with us. He knows what we're going through. And no servant is ever greater, his master. You and I will face trials. 
you and I will face difficult situations. Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Do I forget the Lord's promises? Just a couple more things. I promise I won't keep you any, well, too much longer anyway. I'm from the Middle East. So that's, that's pretty much a lie. So, <laughs> praise God. Praise God. This is amazing. This is amazing. I want to end off with a couple of stories. A couple of stories. One of my favourite. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Everybody calls him Abednego. He's not Abednego. He's not even in Ballarat. Right? It's Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Daniel chapter 3. You know the story. You know the story. I'm looking at three beautiful boys at the back there and they, this story reminds me of them. Amen. This is so good. Here we have three young men along with, with Daniel in the land of Babylon at the time and, and, and they, were, they were captives there but yet at the same time God blessed them. God blessed them so much that they were high up. That they were high up and they were rulers of provinces and so forth. And everything was going well. Everything was going well. How do I know? Because in a land of slavery, yet they were blessed. And there was favour upon them. So they would have thought, you know, everything is going well. God is blessing us. And all of a sudden, King Nebuchadnezzar builds this 90-foot statue made of pure gold. So if you don't know what 90-foot is, it's roughly here. But wait, there's more, there's more, there's more. So 90 foot tall, but nine feet wide. Now that's more accurate, all right? So that one's more accurate. So nine feet wide. And the Bible tells us that in that time, he wanted everybody to worship that image. And they set up musicians. And, and any time that you would hear the musicians play, you would drop everything that you were doing. You would turn to the, the statue and you would just bow and worship. Or you would die. But God, everything is going well. Why are you putting us in a difficult situation like this? Your faith will not grow unless there is pressure. Your faith will not grow unless there is pressure. We can become so complacent. Everything is going well. Everything is fine. Jesus, we're going to pitch three tents. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. This is perfect. Jesus says, no, 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 no. We can become complacent and we can just want to be where we're at because everything is going well. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were feeling the same. They were worshippers of God. They loved God and everybody knew that. But here we have something that's going to make you think. <laughs> I did not know I had that much strength. <laughs> But here we have these three being challenged. What was I going to do? I would love, I would really love for us to read the entire chapter, but I think Leola's next Sunday, isn't it? <laughs> so we have to be out of here by then. So I'll see how I go, right? So anyway, they were challenged. And then, and then King Nebuchadnezzar uh, uh, heard that there were three in particular who never worshipped when they heard the music. And, and he said, well, what do you mean? That, that can't be right. Everybody's worshipping. And he said, bring these three to me. 
And Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego rolled up in front of King Nebuchadnezzar and said, listen, I've heard this, but, but I am going to give you another chance. So when you hear the music play, just bow, just bow. Just worship the, the, this, this gold image, this gold I mean, it, It's either that or your life. What would you do? What would you do? I mean, personally, no, not personally, I can't say that. Uh, but you would think, because I'm thinking personally, but you would think, people would say, well, it's, I, I, I think I'm worth more if I'm alive. God can use me when I'm alive. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bow, I'm going to give in, and that way God can still use me when, I, when they've spared my life. Listen to what they say. Verse 16, chapter 3. There's a lot of 316 that really coincide. God is so good. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego replied. Oh, let's go back a little bit further. Okay, verse, verse 14. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods, my, my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance. So when you hear the musical instruments, just bow. But if you refuse, let me give you the warning. If you refuse, you'll be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God, what God do you say that you serve that is going to keep you alive? You're right. But they didn't say that. Again, my strength is coming through. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you your majesty, that we will never serve your God or worship the gold statue you have set up. What I love about this is that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they did not know the end result. They didn't have a cheat sheet saying, listen, listen, this is what's going to happen anyway. So, so just stand up and be bold. They did not know. But they knew the promises of God they knew what God is able to do and they depended on that. They didn't have a clear word from God. It's very easy for us to have a clear word to say, oh, God says, go here, do this, do that. We're able to do it. I've heard from God. But they didn't hear. They didn't know. They didn't hear a word from God. God, what are we supposed to do here? Are you going to save us? And this is why they said here, we don't know if he's going to do it. But I tell you one thing, he can. He is able to. So do you see the same situation in our lives? I don't know whether God is able to, oh, sorry, if God will. I don't know, but I will, promise, but I will hang on to those promises. He can do it. He can do it. And this is why they were able to stand up. Do you know what the result was? They tied them up. The king was so angry. And I don't know how he did this, but he made the furnace, Middle Eastern, he can do anything. 
Middle East. So, so he made the furnace seven times hotter. I don't know what that even means, right? A furnace is a furnace. It's hot, it's hot. But he made it seven times hotter than what it was because it was filled with rage. And I'm telling you, when you are so far away from God, you are filled with rage because you think that you are able to do what God says He can do. But He's able to save. So He made the furnace seven times hotter. He tied them up. He dressed them up. Robes, and I love the detail that it gives. They were, they were dressed, the, 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 the string that held their, their clothing together was dangling down because you know what happens when you throw something on the fire? It just catches It was so hot that the people who were throwing Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego into the furnace died themselves of heat. And the Bible says they didn't just walk in there. They were thrown into the flames. Read the story. They were thrown into the flames. Wow. Guess who showed up? God. They didn't know it was going to happen. They didn't know. But Jesus was standing right there with him. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious that he threw them in there. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, Your Majesty. Look, Nebuchadnezzar said, I see four unbound walking around in the fire unharmed and the fourth looks like a God. Jesus is there. Jesus is with you. He is standing with you when all the flames are around you. Don't ever think that He's left you, ever. Because He promised He would be there. He promised, I will walk with you. When you walk through the fires, I am with you. When you walk through the flames, I will be with you. They will not overcome you. This is who our God is. This is who our God is. I love this story because it's for the young people. We are facing these similar situations each and every day. What are we going to do? You may think you're living a blessed life, and we are, absolutely we are. But in order for us to grow, pressure needs to come in. What are we going to do then? What are we going to do then? But praise be to God. I want to leave you just with a couple of pictures. Psalm 23. Have I gone over? Wow. I didn't know, but this is great. This is great. This is great. Psalm 23. These couple of photos that we're going to have a look at. One up there. Just leave that one up there. Psalm 23, what a beautiful psalm. We all know it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. You know, this is a picture in the Judean desert. The shepherd lead their flock. When it's daytime, they lead from the front. The sheep can see. Things are going well. I'm safe. I can see the shepherd. But that's not where the story ends. Because in Psalm 23, a little bit further down, he says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Second picture shows us this. When things are getting dark, look where the shepherd is. He's in the midst of his sheep. 
This is our Jesus. He says, I will never leave you. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Not because you are leading me, but because you are with me. He is standing beside you when things are difficult, when things seem dark, when difficulties look like they're attacking you, overcoming you. Don't ever forget these pictures that Jesus says, I am with you. I am with you. Not just I'm leading you, but I am with you. This is our time now. I know there are so many of you here that are still asking, still seeking, still being pressured. Situations, circumstances seem so difficult. Maybe you're thinking about a loved one. Maybe you're thinking about your children. Maybe thinking about a job, whatever it might be. Maybe there's an illness. Keep bringing it before the Lord. It's not that he can't hear you, but he is here with us and he is listening to us. I want us to bow in a word of prayer now. Now is our time that we bring these things before the Lord. Wherever you may be, whatever circumstance, don't let this time pass by without you crying out to the Lord. Psalm 23 also says that your rod and your staff comfort me. The Hebrew word for for rod and staff is missioner. Missioner means to support, to protect. Jesus prayed this prayer in John 17. He was praying to the Father on behalf of the disciples. And he said, my prayer is that is not that you would take them out of this world, but that you will protect them from the evil one. So we are here. We will face trials. Days may seem incredibly dark. But not once has he left us. Parents, What are you instilling in your children? Is it like what Moses said to Joshua? I'm going to tell you one thing, Joshua. Just be strong and very courageous. And throughout time, God has showed us, not once will I leave you. chapter 1 verse 7 it says the Lord is good a strong refuge when trouble comes he is close to those who trust him just where you're seated right now if you want to stand you can stand no rules no regulations just do as a spirit directs you to if you're in need 
much from God. And I don't think any of us in here could ever say we don't need. I think we are.